Hey everybody and welcome to Motion Picture Pals episode 34. I'm Cam Call, the fastest podcaster in the West. Joining me is Rootin' Tootin' Rebecca Markley. <laughs> Rootin' Tootin', hello. And our producer, Travis Lee. Boy, howdy. And this time we watched Concrete Cowboy from last year, 2020. Directed by Ricky Staub, starring Caleb McLaughlin, Idris Elba, Method Man, Lorraine Toussaint, Ivana Mercedes, and Jamil Prattis, among many others. Uh, Rebecca, you picked this movie. What's it about? Why did you have us watch this? Um, well, I recommend, or I picked it because we were trying to do more, more current or newer releases. Um, it had popped up on my Twitter timeline. Um, I apologize. My cat is zooming up and down the the room because <laughs> I took away her toy. Um, do apologize for the the extra noise. Um, and I'd heard some some good things about it. I, I feel like it was an interesting concept, sort of like this urban cowboy. Um, I thought that's fun. The cowboys are just fun in general. Um, and I don't know. I thought it would be. That would be a good time. And it was on Netflix, so easy access as well. All right. Well, what did we all think of the movie? I thought it was good, but not great. I enjoyed it, but there were definitely parts that I was like, oh, didn't really didn't really like. Um, but we can definitely get into that later. But yeah, good, not great. Uh, I guess I'll go next. Uh, I feel pretty much the same. Uh, yeah, it was, it was good. I don't regret watching it. Definitely. There were some parts I really liked, but ultimately I came away with like, a, not a very strong impression one way or the other. I think it's, it's a solid movie. It's not crazy long. It's not like a total waste of your time or anything. So yeah, check it out. It's a pretty neat movie, I suppose. Uh, Travis, what did you think? Um, yeah, I was pretty okay with it. I thought it was fine. Uh, I thought it was pretty predictable and uh, and formulaic, and I, it felt like um, I I just remember having a semester of like screenwriting class where we watched a lot of movies that that were like this. They were just like coming of age movies that fell into this very repetitive formulaic structure. And I felt like I was watching like this felt like one of those movies that my screenwriting teacher would have picked. Um, very easy to follow and i one of the problems that i had with it was like i didn't really know what i was supposed to what i was supposed to come away from <laughs> with because i definitely by the end of the film i didn't really have any strong feelings about it um i'm not really sure what i was supposed to take away from it other than like it was kind of interesting that these folks rode horses in the city yeah in philadelphia <laughs> yeah i i guess it's a cowboy awareness movie uh yeah cowboys are real (laughs) they're real and they can hurt you Um, they're valid yeah cowboys are valid honey uh because there's like the title cards at the very end where they talk about like the how the cowboys are around looking for a permanent home i definitely didn't get a strong moral from the story aside from like listen to your dad 
or like it's hard out here for a cowboy. Definitely got it's hard out here for a cowboy uh, vibes. Yeah. Yeah. Which was cool. I mean, it's like I I don't want to make it sound like it it's like boring exactly because like it's super neat. All the scenes with the horses and just like all the cowboy stuff that they're doing whilst just being like regular people in a city. Uh, there's a horse living in the guy's apartment for most, if not all of the movie. Uh, people are standing up on horses. There's like a really fun scene where they race the horses. Uh, but yeah, I don't I guess it might be the formulaic story that you're talking about Travis it's just not didn't it just didn't leave that much of an impression I, I don't know how else to describe it just just didn't feel a whole lot by the end besides like I'm glad that the kid from Stranger Things and Idris Elba like reconciled and his mom is less mad at him is this the kid from Stranger Things I hope so okay yeah, this is it's his uh, feature film debut. Okay, good. Yeah, I, I liked him in this. I thought it was good. I stopped. Oh, yeah, the acting is really good in this film. Yeah. I thought everyone who was doing acting was doing a good <laughs> job at it. Yeah, which I think is, is worth mentioning. A couple of the central supporting characters to this story were are like actual Fletcher Street cowboys and cowgirls. Uh, they like basically portrayed themselves in the movie. Uh, and they both did great. I would never have known that they were not uh, professional actors or like movie actors had I not like watched those little interviews that ran alongside the credits. Uh, it's uh, Ivana Mercedes and Jamil Prattis. That's the uh, the the love interest and the uh, the guy in the wheelchair, respectively. Uh, I was really surprised at how much screen time they got, given that they aren't like, I guess, known actors and they're acting with like pretty famous people. Pretty cool that they got a chance and that they like nailed it, in my opinion. So, yeah, that was also like a really nice touch. Um, it really felt like they were telling their own stories there. And I guess maybe that's like a little bit more why I was like so forgiving of the formulaic kind of coming of age story, which which was really predictable. Like you have this kid who um, I guess he was just expelled from school in Detroit and his mom is at her wits end and she has no idea what to do with him. And so she, you know, ships him off to, um, I guess, his estranged father in Philadelphia. And he sort of like meets this like, what's his name? Stubby, the, the the kid who dies. Smush. Oh, smush. <laughs> Stubby, I don't know. <laughs> and he meets Smush, who is like an old friend, I guess, from before. I was kind of a little bit hazy on like this kid's like backstory, like where he grew up and like all that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, and, and kind of gets into trouble with Smush. And, you know, like, of course, Smush has to die because like that's part of this. I think coming of age story and then he reconnects with his father and lives happily ever after, but not really because they're looking for a permanent home for their horses. Yeah. I liked the opening with, uh, with his mom. Uh, I liked the speech that she gave him 
uh, very much like the generic, like I'm trying to help you and you like, you got to help me help you that you like you hear given to the troubled youth in these mm-hmm. movies. Uh, it was good. I felt very sad for her. Uh, I felt like this kid was being an asshole and I was like, come on, kid, your mom's trying so hard. Just cut her <laughs> some slack here and don't get in fights. But uh, yeah, yeah. And then in the next the next scene is basically she like drops him on the, the front stoop of uh, his dad's house, Idris Elba, and uh, basically drives away while he like bangs on the windows and like begs her to like unlock the car doors. Oh, that was crushing. Very sad. It's like a little funny how abrupt it was to me because it looks like she's really thinking about it and it looks like she's going to say something or do something and then she just kind of drives away really fast. Uh, And then I I liked this scene because it really you kind of like felt alongside Cole how like uh, directionless and like just adrift he is in this city that he hasn't been to in years in this like more or less unfamiliar neighborhood and like all that stuff. Uh, And we meet Nellie, who's like the kind of like the matriarch of the of the the cowboys, I suppose. Uh, Introduces the whole neighborhood, too, because she talks about like all the kids on her prayer list. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. She wakes up at 430 every morning to pray for every boy on the block. Um. Yeah, and so we're introduced to this sort of like tough love cowboy outlook, I guess, that everybody has. Uh, Rebecca, you were mentioning earlier, like you could have done with less time spent with this kid walking around with his trash bags full of clothes. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I, I get that it was supposed to like depict him sort of being directionless, but I felt like it kind of made the pacing for the rest of the movie a little bit rushed. So I felt like he spent so long just like wandering around with his trash bags and like multiple times when wandering around with his trash bags. Um, when at the end, I felt like I had a really confusing time or I had a, I had a hard time understanding like the timeline that we were like watching. I felt like things moved a little bit too quickly. Um, like I guess from the moment where he like gets on boo and is able to like break boo in and and then to when like the the horses get rehomed by the city they get taken (laughs) away um i was really like how long has this been like what's going on exactly Uh, and i guess i just wish we'd gotten a little bit more time with him and his horse i agree see that connection and like see more tension between him and the horses versus him and smush um and like his own kind of i guess dissonance there where he like seems to care about both of these things and i just felt like that was just kind of like it happened in two seconds and then i was like why does this kid care so much like i kind of get it but i also just wish we'd gotten a little bit more yeah yeah, I, I would have liked more time with like the the leads riding horses and doing horse stuff 
it was like this movie makes it seem like you can just be good at riding horses in like a matter of like a few weeks <laughs> which i thought was funny because like you know you just see uh cole like scooping up shit for a lot of the movie and then he's like then breaking in horses and like riding like at a gallop down the street and stuff which is I mean, I'm no horse expert. I'm not a horse doctor or anything, but like, I think that takes a pretty long time to learn how to do. Rebecca, you were you're an erstwhile horse girl. Maybe you can say more about how long this stuff takes. I mean, I feel like there's the whole like there's like a couple of of like camps where like, you know, like you just sort of like thrown up on the horse and you're like, oh, just hold on. You'll be fine. And then if you, like, really want to, like, actually understand and, like, build a relationship with your horse, then things take a little bit longer. And I feel like also, you know, like, lots of times it's you becoming comfortable on the horse, I guess, like, if the horse is already pretty comfortable being ridden, which wasn't the case with Boo. Um, but with, like, horses in general, like, if you have a really kind of, like, a, a horse that likes people and is okay with being ridden then it's really just you becoming comfortable like getting your like whole body jostled around while you're going fast and like that does take a while to get used to um so i don't know maybe he's more of a natural or like maybe they just sort of like tossed him in with the wolves but i feel like just the whole like oh my gosh we have this horse who is the meanest horse ever and nobody can get him to do anything (laughs) oh of course Cole will be the one that'll be his horse, right? Um, I don't know. I just felt like that that yeah, there needed to be a little bit more development before that was a little bit more believable. At least from the erstwhile horse girl's perspective. Yeah. Well, I mean, Travis, unless you know something about horses, I think Rebecca, you're the expert here. So No, I don't know anything about horses. I've only seen a few. This is a handful of horses. Uh yeah. Just saw some pictures of them. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I've heard it's like really expensive and difficult to like film movies with horses. Is that true? Do you know anything about that? I don't know anything about horses specifically. I know whenever there's animals involved in a movie, it's very expensive and it's very time consuming and requires a lot of coordination and many, many days of additional shooting by animals and children. Yeah, that makes that's probably sense. Why, that's probably why they didn't have more time with the horse. Yeah, then. that just kind of occurred to me. I was like, I bet it was really difficult to film the horse scenes. So maybe they meant to have more. But, you know, it makes sense. I guess animals can't really take direction, to my knowledge. Uh, and I'm pretty sure horses are the biggest animal there is. So it makes sense that they'd be the most expensive to record with. And I feel like, I don't know, I... I know people who've like worked with horses and do like lots of like horse training and I'm just sort of like paid attention to that just because it was like a an adolescent interest of mine. And it, it there's so much effort that goes into training horses, especially to do things probably like be on a set or or participate in the circus you know like there's so much training that has to go into like making the horse feel comfortable and like is it a good fit for their temperament are they going to be um scared and upset the whole time are they going to be able to be chill um and i'm sure it's a lot harder because horses are so fucking big 
and they're dangerous they can kill you the biggest animal and i mean personally i don't really like the lights that they have on stage and on sets so i can only imagine if my eyes were really big like a horse's how much less i would like it yeah i guess i didn't really have any problem with um with the magical horse connection um it's one of those like it's one of those narrative liberties i think that like it shows up and it's really clear about itself and it's pretty clear that it's not trying to convince you that this is something that can really happen (laughs) um uh the like the scene where um the scene where he tames the horse in the baseball field i think uh was one of my favorite scenes probably um again it's kind of you know it's generic and it's predictable in like getting to that point and how it's going to play out and it kind of reminds me of like the basic beats of like a sports film where you have mm. sort of your sports hero who is like better than everyone else at a, at like one specific thing and that's sort of what this felt like to me i guess horse riding is a sort of sport or it can be a sport um so that stuff all worked for me i think one thing that i was missing was like i did feel like his connection with the horse with uh with boo the horse uh felt like i was able to follow that connection and feel like it was more realistic than the connection between him and his father i didn't really feel like that was developed fully oh yeah i don't yeah. know if anyone else had thoughts on that i did it's actually really funny i was like i had basically that exact same thought of like damn it really seems like idris alba has barely been in this movie despite being like by far the most famous actor in it uh yeah and i think that's like but i thought that i think some of that's by design right because <laughs> well, he's that's absent, sort of one of the, right? he's like one a- of the cruxes of the movie is like he the he he confronts him for uh cole confronts idris elba yeah, uh, for, for being absent and for um sort of the the tipping point is when he makes the custom saddle for the uh for the man who is in the wheelchair um and then uh gets really upset at him for not being around and he 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 wasn't around very much yeah well that's what despite, i was gonna like, say top was like i had that thought literally during the scene well, when they like when they surprised Paris with the custom saddle and I and then it was like just uh, just Cole like sitting on the couch being upset. And I was like, where the hell has Idris Elba been this whole time? And then there was like that scene was the one that came on right after I thought about it. Uh, I And I mean, when the movie ends, it's sort of it's trying to tell you that like they they made it up to each other and everything was fine but it was, i felt like it needed more development to get to that point for me to believe that mm-hmm. right right uh whereas the horse relationship in comparison i guess is what i'm trying to say <laughs> like the better story <laughs> yeah there were just a lot of relationships in this movie that i think like some ended up being underdeveloped just by uh by necessity almost because Rebecca and I were talking about like the romance that kind of happens between Cole and um, oh, I forgot the name of the character, but Ivana Mercedes. The other girl. Yeah, the other girl. Like shoveling shit. The... Do they have a romance? I must well, have like they kiss it. once, they kiss. and that's oh okay. Yeah. Uh, it felt a little out of nowhere. It wasn't like such a uh-huh. central thing that like it really mattered. But I was just like, where did that come from? Uh, but then I think the other really good sort of relationship in the movie is between Cole and Smush, 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I really enjoyed those scenes. Uh, I liked the way that the there was sort of the parallel stories of, like, Smush and Cole and then Cole and his dad and how those worked and how it was, yeah, I guess emblematic of the the pressures that are on like young men and specifically like young black men, obviously none of us are black. So I'm going to tread fairly lightly with, uh, with those themes in the movie, but I just really liked the way it was portrayed. Uh, I liked how different all the scenes felt when he was with smush in his car and they were like trying to make money to like buy their own land out West and all that stuff. Um, it was really, really sad when Smush gets killed and I guess touching that sort of all the, the rest of the cowboys kind of came together about like he was one of us, even though he like kind of left at one point or whatever. But yeah, some of my favorite scenes either involved Smush or were sort of a result of their relationship. Like one, like probably my favorite sequence in the movie is when Cole first starts mucking out the stables and his brand new Jordans that Smush got for him and he gets like horseshit all over them. Uh, and it also includes one of my favorite pieces of camera work in any movie I've seen in a very long time, which is uh, POV, you are a horse turd. Uh, there's like, it looks like there's like a GoPro or something mounted on the end of a wheelbarrow full of duty. Uh, and you're right there in with the turds as Cole like wheels it up a ramp and dumps it out. I did not like that. I felt like it was really jarring and it looked so different compared to all the other stuff that was happening. And I was just like, oh, I don't know. I don't want to be this close to horseshit. I don't want to be a turd. <laughs> nope, <laughs> put, put me back bad. outside. What are you doing? I want to be on the garbage can again. Yeah, I think that's also the first time we see any of the development of the relationships between Cole and the rest of the people at the stable, because it's uh, it's Paris, the guy in the wheelchair. Uh, he's the one that sort of tells Cole how to like actually uh, clean the shit out of a stable and like how to do it so it won't take him all day and he doesn't have to carry shovels full of of poop uh, out like across the street and into a dumpster. Yeah, I, just, I liked the I like the way that it functioned where he's like, it's also so generic. That's like, yeah, like a hard day's work, but like you've achieved something by the end of it. Because uh, I think that's followed by the scene where all of them are sitting around the campfire together for the first time, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and then the cop shows up. Yeah, then Method Man playing a cop. It'll never not be weird to see rappers playing cops in TV and movies. but Especially when they have lines like, I've always wanted to be a cop. Like, yeah, that was sure. really funny. <laughs> if I were Method Man, I would have always wanted to be a member of Wu-Tang, but maybe that's just me. Um... Yeah, that's I think when we're first introduced to this or at least explicitly introduced to this concept of like land ownership and renting. Uh, and like the the city tearing down all the stables and like selling the land to developers, which is 
an undercurrent up to this point, but then is pretty explicit as the movie goes on. Uh, we can maybe talk more about it at the very end because that's kind of the movie kind of ends with that being. Well, in my opinion, not resolved at all, but we can get into it when the time comes. Uh, this is also the scene around the campfire when I noticed uh, all of the Budweiser product placement and then just mm-hmm. was unable to not notice it for the rest of the movie. I also liked um, the these almost these like parallel storylines with Cole, you know, doing horse things and then Cole also being um this like accomplice of smush with his like big dreams and like big hopes and made that so much more tragic to his death because like he really wanted to do something for the community. Like he wanted to like go out and have a whole bunch of horses and, and like had these like huge dreams and they kind of get, you know, they, they are just taken away from him. Um, and I kind of felt like there was almost this like, like parallel like cowboy story where you have smush who i feel like is almost trying to embody like the the almost like wild west like the very like almost i guess coated white in our i guess cultural mythos of the cowboy who's like out self-actualizing himself doing cowboy things and sort of like smush is trying to to do that um with his i guess with with whatever nefarious things he's up to i I don't actually know yeah i don't think Um, it's ever actually said what he's doing i think the assumption is drugs but like it's like they just refer to i think stuff and drops and the drop spot and i don't think they ever actually say what they're what like criminal activity they're up to because of the shoes, I thought that they were like maybe, you know, the, he was like one of those like sh- like those like sneaker ca- kids who like scalps the sneakers. I thought it was just for, a like, really cutthroat like sneaker reselling business. Yeah, like, that's people, what I thought. People at first, are like killing each other like... for like using bots that are like faster. <laughs> maybe not. Um, <laughs> I sort of like that was like an early an early head cannon. Um, then I kind of made was like maybe drugs, um, but whatever. And then at the same time, like this sort of like this like concrete cowboy, which is like this very kind of urban cowboy that I think is very like community focused. And I feel like confronts the issues of poverty and racism a lot more like head on than I than this sort of like idealized cowboy ever does. Um, and I just thought it was interesting to see those kind of contrast with each other um and you know sort of like as the film kind of develops yeah i i was thinking about that a little bit today as well of the like yeah the way that like racial coding kind of informs stories like this because i think smush's story is very much a cowboy story like you're saying um obviously it's like young black men and modern day instead of like whenever the wild west was chronologically i don't actually know i don't even think we actually decided when we are in our first episode we talked about it for a long time yeah i think you're right i think we have no it was we have no idea like big questions yeah yeah wasn't it like early 20th century i think so at this it's just like 
I don't know when cowboy times were, and at this point, I'm too afraid to ask. <laughs> uh, so they're just sort of this like period out of time that existed in the West, and like no other history was taking place at that time besides just like guys and their horses. Uh, doing cowboy shit. Right, just cowboys doing cowboy shit. Um, I know that there were definitely cowboys in like the the late 1800s, but I don't know when the cowboys stopped, you know. And I'm sure that there are still cowboys today. I was going to say, you know, I bet like there are people cows. who would be very upset to hear you say that cowboys stopped being a thing. <laughs> so apologies to cowboys. Uh, we love you. We didn't mean to offend you. You are valid. That's right. <laughs> yeah, imagine I'm clapping between saying cowboys are valid. I wouldn't I wouldn't do it because I think it'll sound bad in the mic, but but imagine I'm doing it. Uh anyways. I yeah, I appreciated the portrayal of uh of sort of that independent pursuit of uh of like wealth and freedom that I think is sort of a classic cowboy motif but like with this young black man and also i guess i was thinking about the ways that gun violence is portrayed specifically in like spaghetti westerns versus in this one i thought it was a sort of an interesting contrast i don't know that there's like a lot to say about it in the movie besides just like how sudden and like scary and sad it is which uh definitely is more realistic than just like popping around a corner and going bang and a guy like falling off the top of a saloon or whatever and everyone moving on with their lives <laughs> <laughs> but that was a very interesting contrast and i like that his goal was specifically to go like acquire land to go be like a real cowboy out west because he he obviously thinks you know all the all the old guys in the Fletcher Street stable are like, they don't know what's going on. And he's kind of proven right by the end because they do end up losing the stable. But yeah, I don't know. I think I think because the all the real estate stuff for me anyway was so unclear that I was like struggling to find the meaning in in the distinction between Smush's idea of being a cowboy and like Idris Elba's. But I don't know if either of you have thoughts, please. What did you say about real estate? Uh, just the way that uh, that the stables are are lost at the end. Uh, I just saw that versus Smush's plan to basically become like a real estate investor by like flipping ranches and stuff like that. Uh, mm -hmm. I thought it, like the contrast was interesting because like you had all the other Fletcher Street cowboys who were just sort of content with their small plot in the city and they're sort of proven wrong in their belief that like their way is fine because they end up losing it to real estate interests. Uh, but then Smush, of course, dies pursuing his conception of like freedom i guess the cowboy ideals in whatever way he sees that and so i i was a little i i felt that a bit of clarity would have been nice versus like who is sort of right about this and like what is the lesson here uh or maybe 
no matter what type of cowboy you are, it's hard out there for a cowboy. Yeah, and you're valid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think maybe it's just because, like, ultimately it's not a movie about, like, those types of ideals as much as it is about, like, family. I think there's the, what's the line is, like, a home isn't a place, a home is your family. Uh, but... And home is on the back of a horse. That's right. I thought that I I had another, like, a funny follow-up to that, and it just completely escaped me. I don't know. Rip. I don't know what's going on today, folks. I just can't can't seal the deal with any of these bits I have, but I promise they're super funny. Uh, so, you know, just think of a funny joke or something and pretend you're laughing about something I said. Um, so I guess, yeah, what, what, what gets us to the point where they lose the stable? I guess they're like, they lose the horses after Smush is killed, right? That's when the city comes by and takes them. That's sort of like the dark night of the soul part of the movie like you know his friend died and they're like doing the best they can and then the friggin city comes and steals all their horses i think i don't remember damn i just watched this today uh i think that's pretty much what happens right like i wasn't super clear why the what like why the cops and the animal control had suddenly shown up to take all the horses and i guess they said it was because of neighbor complaints yeah there's yeah. like a neighbor complaint about like a dead horse that you see in the very beginning of the movie that's just like has a tarp over it and then the, i heard that there was like i think the guy who plays like the main cop that they're talking to in that scene he says there have been reports of malnutrition Mm-hmm. Yeah, like uh, malnourishment. Yeah, right, right. Uh, I think that's really all we hear about it. I don't think there's much follow-up there. Uh, I know that, like, reports of animal abuse are, like, a, a kind of a classic way for, like, the legal system to insert itself into poor communities and specifically black communities and, like, take stuff from people. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I don't think in the movie it's really discussed at all. Uh, it just kind of happens. And, like, I think that's kind of where the, for me anyways, that's really where the, the, the dichotomy that I was talking about of, like, how people approach this idea of, like, owning land and, like, having space to provide for horses and stuff. It's where that all comes to a head because Leroy, Method Man's cop character, he's like scolding the all the cowboys as their like horses are being stolen from them and loaded onto a trailer. Uh, and he's like, you know, you had all these chances to do it right and you blew it. And so, you know, there's nothing I can do to help you. Uh, which I thought was kind of a weird scene it seems like kind of a fucked up thing to say to your friends while like their lives are being fucked with in that way. But yeah. And also like seems to be like a, like a former mentor as well. You know, like, you don't, I don't know. Yeah. seems very like classic cop behavior, you know? Right. Right. Which I guess he redeems himself by like helping Cole and Harp do like a, 
jailbreak at the horse jail. But yeah, I, I, that was just such a bizarre speech because like at one point he even like takes Cole for a ride in the cop car to like talk some sense into him. And so you're like, OK, he's supposed to be like sort of another father figure. But then he's just like a real shithead in this scene. I just I did not know what to make of it because like I thought this was just his heel turn and he's going to be like the bad guy. And I was actually kind of surprised because I was like, whoa, we're going to have like an actual like cop character who's going to be portrayed as like a bad guy instead of just like the nameless, faceless white people that are like loading horses onto trailers. But he's he's Mm -hmm. pretty much redeemed by the end. So I don't know. He's like standing. I'm not standing. He's like astride his horse alongside the rest of the cast as they watch the stables get torn down. So he's like, you know, clearly one of the good guys once again by the end of the movie. But yeah, the horse, like the dead horse thing was like really troubling. I don't know. I feel like horses dying is like a pretty big deal if you have horses. Um, so what, so was, I, what was the dead horse at the beginning? Because I definitely missed that. It's really, really quick. It's like a cutaway it's like when we're first i think it's actually in the scene where he first is scooping the shit out of the stable it's Mm -hmm. like it's when there's like all the the shots of like how dirty the building is and just like the chickens hanging out under cars and whatever then there's like a cut to like you can just kind of see the horse's legs and like part of its belly i think but like the rest and is like covered hooves just yeah, sticking out. The rest yeah. is covered by a tarp. And then there's like, you know, of course you got to drop in that little sound of the flies buzzing. So, you know, that something on screen is dead. Um, but it's for like one second. It's really, really quick. Okay. Cause yeah, the whole like police seizing the horses scene was confusing to me. Cause like, I wasn't sure what I was supposed to think of it. And I guess my initial read was, what we were talking about earlier, like, you know, neighbor complaints and malnourishment were, those weren't really things that had been shown to us. So I assumed that they were sort of yeah, they were fake. claims. Right. But then he says that there is a dead horse. And then I was like, oh, wait, well, that doesn't sound good. Right. Yeah. And that's what I also <laughs> think is confusing. It's like, I again, like there's not really like a clear like moral of the story like i feel like everyone's kind of fucked up in their own way like yeah there's just like a dead horse on the property you got to deal with that like no matter what you got to deal with a fucking dead horse on your property um not that like i'm trying to like say that they i'm not trying to like victim blame them or anything but yeah it's, i mean it's a, it's a huge animal right you got to take yeah. care of it when it dies and i feel like you know that if you're a person who like deals with livestock of any kind uh yeah and it's for me i think like that really like what you're talking about travis it really added to my sort of like feeling that the morals of this movie are just so muddled because it's like the fact that they went out of the way to show the dead horse and that it like came back, it was like Chekhov's dead horse, that it like comes back in the plot to be like, I guess I don't know what purpose it serves beyond the audience being like, mm, well, you know, I guess they probably should have taken care of the horse, you know, maybe this wouldn't have happened if they had done what they were supposed to do, which like, 
I guess that type of nuance is like, it's not like always a bad thing to have in the movie, but like, it's very weird to have that side, that sort of ambiguity in a movie that is otherwise as sort of formulaic as this one is. Cause yeah. I think like, this is very much a movie where it's like, there are the good feelings scenes and there are the bad feelings scenes. And then like at the end, there's like this maturity, right. That the main character gains by being able to like, uh, I guess cope with both of those and accept that both of those are like part of his reality. Whereas, and as I don't think there's a lot of room for nuance of like, who's the good guy and who's the bad guys. I think it's just like, have your, have your villains who are bad vibes and have your heroes who are good vibes and like, just keep them separate. You know, don't, don't let the cops don't let method man like have a point in that scene. Cause then it's just like, well, I don't know. Like maybe it is better that there's a Starbucks there or something. Uh, it's I just, it, for me, it was like, it really took a lot of the power out of the, like the conclusion of the movie. I also just remembered one of the cowboys at one point describes all of the other stables that they had come from. It's like, those are all bricks and beans now as like a euphemism, I guess, for they've been developed and gentrified, which I thought was a really funny way to refer to gentrification that I'm probably going to start using. Yeah, it's all bricks. It's and all beans. bricks and beans because fucking everything has a coffee shop in it and all the apartments are made of bricks. It's pretty funny. I was definitely getting like organic, like Whole Foods beans vibes from that. But, oh, like know. just regular. Yeah, like I was just specifically thinking of like vegans. Yeah, and beans. You were thinking this Foods. is food. This is beans. <laughs> this is beans. <laughs> exactly. Um, I also feel like this this film does a lot with or like explores like poverty in this way, because I feel like if, if if the morals are not that clear, there's like this really kind of like overarching theme of poverty and that like everybody <laughs> is doing the very best that they can. And that's still not good enough. You know, like Cole is getting in fights at school. He knows better, but he's still kind of like falling into these footsteps. His mom <laughs> is being kind of shitty <laughs> And probably, like, giving him abandonment issues by, like, just, like, dropping yeah, him off. peeling out. Like, yeah, and, and peeling out. Like, and his dad's not even there. Like, holy shit. And like, he was only, like, a gonna... block away. He was really not that far. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like, the, uh, like, the, I think his name is Paris, right? The wheelchair cowboy? Yes. Yeah, when he goes on about how taking care of a horse, like, takes his whole paycheck. And how like sometimes he doesn't even have enough food for himself, but he always makes sure that his horse has food. Um, and, you know, of course, like we can see like the completely like dilapidated. Um, stables and just. All that kind of stuff. And yeah, so like, yeah, I like... feel like there people are trying the very best that they can, but it's still not quite good enough and like that's also very very tragic yeah they just kind of like covered all of the surfaces in the stables with like sawdust and like spider webs from spirit halloween 
uh, which I thought was very funny. Like every time it was on screen, just like how fucking dirty this building is. Not that like stables are particularly clean, but like the few that I've seen and been inside, they're like, that place looked almost abandoned. Yeah. I thought like it was going to be like a visual metaphor that like would get cleaned up as Cole like kept working on it over the summer. But yeah, I also thought that didn't that work too. out, I guess. But they have like kids there who are helping. Like you got to yeah, put those kids to work. Dust. It's those lazy little fuckers to do something. Yeah. <laughs> you got to do the hard shit before you get to do the good shit. You know, like they said, that's right. Hard things come before good things, which I guess is the moral in lieu of anything else. Um, and I mean, I think that kind of takes us to the end. There's a scene. Oh, I thought this scene was funny and I felt bad laughing at it because it obviously wasn't supposed to be funny. But like there's a scene where they bury Smush's boots to like give him a cowboy funeral and everybody's like sitting on their horses and Cole just like stands up in the saddle as like a, a final goodbye to Smush, which like. It made sense in the context of the plot because, like, Smush tells him, like, I'll teach you one day how to, like, stand up on a horse. And that's sort of this recurring, uh, like, thing that Cole wants to do. But it, it seemed really inappropriate to do at a horse funeral. But I don't know. He's just like one guy standing up while everybody, like, solemnly looked on as they like put their friend in the ground. I, I giggled at it, but then immediately like felt bad for giggling. <laughs> yeah. I felt like what was really bothering me about that was the, there's like three levels of, 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 of scale then where like Cole is like way up high. Right. So he's like so much taller than everybody else. Just like the he's physical space of the scene. You yeah. Mean? <laughs> and then like everyone else is on these horses, which are already really, really, really high off the ground. And then you're like looking at this like dirt pile and these cowboy boots. And I was just like, I don't know. I just I felt very distracted by like so how high off you're well. just thinking about like the ladder that this like camera yeah. must be on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe the cameraman was standing on a horse. An even taller horse? Yeah. <laughs> An even taller horse. It's the only way to defeat a bad guy standing <laughs> on a horse is with the good guy standing on a horse. Um, I think that pretty much takes us to the end, which is... Or no, there, there's the jailbreak scene where they get the horses out of horse jail. Um, which, like, I was a fun little, like, stealth sequence. Uh... A security guard is playing what appears to be like an original Game Boy, like the big purple ones. Uh, oh, yeah. And he is just mashing the shit out of those buttons. He is going <laughs> to town on that thing. And I was like, what game could he possibly be playing? Uh, but besides that, it's like a pretty fun little action scene. Uh, there's the classic shot of the the security guard playing video games while like the while Cole and his dad are like sneaking around on the little CCTV monitors in the guardhouse. Um, they're making so much noise, though, which was funny to me because they're like clanging like 
doors in the barn and just like jumping down onto wooden planks while wearing cowboy boots. Uh, Not good. Which at one point even like kind of alerts the guard. But uh, but then, yeah, Method Man shows up. And like gives them this like kind of cheeky little talking to of like, oh, come on, guys, you got to do friggin better than that. You guys you're killing me, but I I'll help you out this time. I'll I'll cause a distraction or whatever it is that he does uh, and allows them to escape with all the horses. Not really sure how that would resolve. I feel like the city would just kind of know that did that if you showed up like the next day I guess I don't know how much time elapsed between the horse jail scene and the the d- demolition of the stable scene so this is also really where I was getting confused on the timeline and where are they keeping the horses in the meantime I think they're um, just in front of their house because like you see the horses just like tied off onto the little hitching posts that they have in front of their houses at one point. And so I guess that's where they were, or I don't know, maybe everybody started keeping horses inside their houses. <laughs> Everyone in Philadelphia <laughs> decided to get a pet horse. Right. Right. I guess ma- that makes sense. I don't know. But I don't know. But I mean, to answer your question, I have no idea where the horses were and for how long. Because isn't the scene right after this one the funeral? I, I thought so. it was. I thought the funeral was before this, but I might be wrong. Oh, I no, just because remember they had the horses that, at the at the funeral. So yeah, they had to it seemed like the they had break. broken the horses out so that they could ride them at the funeral, which seems very suspicious. Yeah, right. Calls a lot of attention to your to what you're up to, I guess. But either way, we don't really have time to think about it in the movie because. Then there's like, there's the scene that's really fun from the trailer where they're like riding, they're, they're like galloping down the road next to a bus. And there's like a very cute kid who like points out the window and smiles at like the cowboys um, as they ride by in glorious slow motion. Um, and they just kind of ride up to the stables where there's like this wrecking crew out there and they like stoically look on as the stables are destroyed uh and like idris elba gives this speech about how like you know there's that line returns of like home isn't a place it's your family and they're like what are we gonna do and he's like we're gonna do what we always do we ride and that was a nice line but Mm-hmm. But then I was like, but, like, but really, what are you going to do? Like, is there another stable you can go to? Because, like, you got to have a place for the horse to live. And, like, it's a little weird how cavalier everybody's being about this stable being torn down now. Uh, and I thought, I don't know, that was maybe just something for the sake of, like, narrative in the movie to like close it out, but it really felt like we're glossing over a pretty important point of like these people's lifestyles are like not really possible anymore because of the, the real estate interest and like because of development and gentrification. 
And it was like the only way it was resolved was this kind of trite speech about how like we're survivors and we'll figure it out. But it felt like a, a loose end that really wasn't tied up for me of just the way that, that these people's got their lives fucked with. But maybe that was just me like reading into the movie. I don't know. I mean, I feel kind of similar. I was, um, I have like a thing that I do think that they kind of did well. Um, I feel like when there's movies that sort of deal with like current social issues, um, I feel like they sometimes feel like very focus grouped and very like obvious and ham fisted sometimes. Um, I felt that way about a lot of like, um, Godzilla King of the Monsters, even though it is literally about, I guess it was about global warming versus nuclear disaster. So, I mean, kind of the same, kind of different, <laughs> but it just felt like so like obvious and, and, and called attention to in Godzilla King of the, and the Monsters. But in, in Concrete Cowboy, I felt like the, the issue of gentrification, the issue of real estate and developers, like causing problems felt so much more grounded and so much more relevant and so much more realistic. And I don't feel like it was like cringy or weird. It didn't feel like some like overt, like ham fisted liberal agenda. It was just sort of like people being like, oh my gosh, like we're going to lose the staples because this land is too valuable for, you know, developers. They don't care about the pasture for the horses. Um, and that was just a lot more, I felt like I was able to like get behind that a lot more instead of just being like, oh, this is all cringy. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree. I think it's a, it's a much more relevant social issue, of course, but I just, I thought just at least in the way that the movie handles it, it's like, but, but so like, what, what, what do you do about it? Right. There's not like any mention of like, we're going to. I guess, you know, you make a movie to raise awareness about it, but it just kind of seems like, okay, I'm aware, but now what? So Yeah, where's the cash app? Yeah, right? There's not even a GoFundMe to, like, buy a new stable. Uh, so, yeah, it just, it felt like, to me, that part did feel like somewhat of a, a sort of, like, liberal agenda of, like, we're raising awareness, and now that awareness is raised, mm. it's just, like, now we're aware of the problem, but we're not going to talk about the elephant Any in the solutions. room. <laughs> right. Of like real estate capital sort of like hollowing out cities the way it's been doing for the last like 50 years. Um, and again, like obviously this isn't like a, a movie that's really even particularly political, but it does. It's weird for sort of the the central conflict i guess of the story or at least the concluding conflict to be something like this that ends up essentially not resolved like i thought everything else had such like a pretty bow tied onto it that it was really weird that it's like i guess we just have these horses in someone's house or maybe the implication is mm. we found another stable in the city to move to for now but like even in the the movie's internal logic, right? That's just going to go away in the next few years anyways. 
So yeah, it seems like the the resolution is that it turns out they they didn't need the stable after all. Right, they the real stable was the, <laughs> the cowboys we made along the way. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess that's it. Then there's just kind of that final scene of of uh, Cole's mom coming back and like learning that her son has become a cowboy. And I mean, I, yeah. I mean, that's it. That's the end of the movie. It's like a, that's how I felt about most of the movie. It was just, oh, that's it. Yeah, that happened. There it is. Um, yeah, I've, I feel similarly about this episode like that's it what do you, what do you, what else do you say like it's, it's a good movie it's like it looks pretty good for most of it you get to be a, a horse turd for a second i think it's like portrays an, an interesting story of a thing that i definitely didn't know existed until i watched this uh and you get to see some real cowboys portraying themselves so it's a pretty good time yeah but i guess to be a little bit more critical um I I feel like I, I I don't know like the story is cool and like I feel like I I my awareness has been raised of this sort of subculture of people but I feel like I could have read about this in like a 15 minute article and been like oh cool rather than like an hour and 40 minute movie I feel like the movie just doesn't do enough to like to convince me that it was worth watching the whole thing. Yeah, I think I'd agree with that, actually, that like this does seem like it would be a better, better served in like a National Geographic article or something. Like, and I wonder if the book that it's based on is a better story or not, because I don't know. I, 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 I feel like a good movie is one that I'd be comfortable recommending. And this is kind of like, I would say like, I don't know. It's it's a very inoffensive movie. If you want to like watch a movie with your parents or something, or like <laughs> while you're doing dishes, it's like you could do with a much worse movie. But I don't think it really. I don't think it really earned my favor in the end. Yeah, I think I agree. It's just like, just so little really ended up happening, and like I didn't feel that I'd gone much of anywhere by the I end. I got the, the feeling movie. that this is a story that would be important to the people in the story. Yes. And Definitely. Not really anyone outside of that, or maybe the people of the city even, but like, I, I don't know. It just, as someone so disconnected from what's going on in this movie, I don't feel like it did enough to convince me that it was a story worth telling. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I think, yeah, I know what you mean. And like, it sounds a little callous to say, but I mean, I think I agree from like a, a just a, I don't know, like a, a time investment sense of like this is like a, a medium length feature film that i don't know i just i don't really know it feels like it could almost have been like a mini series on like a, a tv network even mm -hmm. uh, yeah or just like a, a regular like ass documentary like... oh yeah sure right right sure so I don't know, but check it out, I guess, if you feel like it, which is that's I think that's my recommendation is like if it's if it sounds like something that would interest you, go for it. But yeah. I, there's, you know, who am, I don't know, maybe you'll love it, but <laughs> we're doing a really great job selling it. Yeah, well, it's, yeah, it's, it's difficult to sell because it's just like not 
It's not a lot going on. Yeah. Did you want to talk about, uh, you said it kind of looked like a Netflix movie. Yeah. That was something that I thought about for a little bit. I, it was really just the beginning and it was pretty much up until the scene where he like, uh, mucks out the, the horse stables. I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Can you explain what you meant though? I think so. I think everything felt very like it felt very uh like like sort of textbook uh like cinematography and shot blocking and composition and all that stuff like it was all just very inoffensive and not bad but just not interesting um and i think i realized about like when i when i meant when i messaged all of you about it i think i realized right around then that it, it was more of just this is the type of movie it is it's not like necessarily that it looks like a netflix movie as much as like this is not a movie where like really interesting stuff is visually going to happen and that might just be because i've been watching more visually like engaging stuff like obviously the last thing we watched is justice league and that's like a whole spectacle and there's all that going on (laughs) right um but I, i think that's really all all I meant was like, it just felt like in the way that the story was like solid, but not that interesting. I think that's just how I felt about the movie visually. Um, but there were, there were a few other things that happened towards the end that I thought were, I don't know, a little bit more interesting. Uh, and I don't really think that overall the movie looks that way. I, that was just kind of the vibe I got when I was like just first jumping into it. Cause yeah, I looked, I looked it up cause I, I was wondering if there was like a hardware reason for that. Um, like the Netflix cameras or something. Yeah. The Netflix brand, uh, digital movie camera. Um, yeah. And I, I looked into that and there is actually reasons for why the way a lot of Netflix movies and shows have like a certain look to them, but uh, it didn't have anything to do with how this movie was made. Netflix just distributed it. Like you said, That's, what, what was the, what did you find out about why things look like Netflix movies? I'm going to try to remember it, but it, it had to do with like things being shot in 4k for like archive purposes, but then like streaming hardware was not, up to snuff i think for that i don't i don't really remember i was pretty high when i read it and i'm also i don't know anything about this stuff so (laughs) it's not a great combination of me being able to retell it but uh it was a lot of hardware stuff that i didn't understand uh and i don't know if this is the case with movies as much as it is with shows on netflix but Mm. and i think part of it too is like a lot of uh, studios and like production houses will have just a look about the stuff that they make. Uh, And that's not like necessarily an indictment of what they're doing. It's just sort of certain standards and stuff that they're doing will just naturally produce things that look similar. Uh, So I don't know. I, I don't know. That's, that's what I came away with this with, which is I realize not that much, but you know, 
that's fitting in an episode like this where we're just kind of like, oh, yeah, I don't know. That's also my answer to why does stuff look <laughs> like Netflix? He's like, oh, I don't really know. I read an article about it and don't really remember it, but. I'll have to read this article, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I think if I had the context for like either streaming or like cameras, I would probably be able to tell you more about it. Did we just like do one whole take without a break? today i mean i don't have a whole lot else to say yeah i think so i think so, we just did a short episode we can talk about what movie we want to record next so i have just like i just searched in google what new movies are out there's one called in the earth and like the genre is listed underneath the movie and all it says is horror slash evil and then another slash but I didn't see what else it said, so I hovered over it. And there's like 40 fucking genres in this list. And they all what have slashes. On? Uh, it's just the Google uh, search page. Oh. Yeah. This, it, is, this poster has it stylized Earth with a V, kind of like the Vich. Yeah, mm. but it's... Yeah, just an upside down A on the one I'm looking at. And like I think oh, yeah. N is upside down as well but that's harder to see i guess but yeah i'm just gonna like read you some of these genres so we have horror slash evil slash ghosts and spirits uh strange happenings terrifying original screenplay fear chilling frightening situation uh, <laughs> uh misfortune journeys search Early 2020s, Woods, Life Science, Scientists, Paranormal Beings, Descent into Madness, Park Rangers, Risk, Sinister Adventurous Expedition, Cheating Death, Injuries, Cabins, Camps, Viruses. Huh. There's a lot going on. There's so movie. much. It is. I just like the implication that there are genres of movies such as evil and frightening situation <laughs> nomadland was the oscar winner did it get best picture that's right yeah so i mean that's sort of topical best picture best director yeah did mank best win actor. a lot of stuff i heard i think mank won a lot of stuff mank won best cinematography have you seen mank no, I don't okay. really. I don't know. Uh, movies that are like about making movies are never very good. Yeah, I like. I definitely don't have a lot of interest in seeing it. I just heard a lot of people were like disagreeing about it winning cinematography, but like I haven't seen it, so I can't say I feel strongly about it. Okay, I think most of the horror movies on the Google homepage are doing this. Frightening oh. situation. Yeah. Because there's another one called... Evil. Yeah, there's another one called The Unholy. Uh, it doesn't have as funny of ones as In the Earth did. But it also has early 2020s. Uh, and it also has journalism. Oh. It has thrilling, eerie journalism, churches, demons, power, supernatural. It's just a few of them. Huh. I didn't realize churches was its own genre. Right. <laughs> Neither did I. 
feel like I'm vaguely interested because I was already thinking because I feel like I've been really wanting to watch. Um, I can't remember what it's called now. Yeah, I think these are just like SEO tags that are like not really ever meant to be seen. And they're just for like data, like Google harvesting your data and like putting things in yeah. front of you and like just giving tags to them. The ones from Mortal Kombat are probably the funniest, actually. I'll just read some of the highlights. Uh, ambiguous Timeline. Um, caves. MMA fighters uh, and temples are some of the good ones there. Those are good. Where are you seeing this? Uh, I'll show you. I'll show you when I'm, we are in the same room. But yeah, I guess gnome gnome land is my vote. Ooh, I'll vote for the sound of metal. Oh, uh, I'll also vote for the sound of metal. Are those the only two we're thinking about? I think so. Okay, okay, well, let's just ask Caleb then. And then whichever one we don't watch, we can say it'll be the next movie unless someone in the meantime comes up with something else that they really want to see. That sounds good. I mean, the two of you already voted for The Sound of Metal, so... Oh, does that mean it doesn't help if Caleb picks? Yeah, because in, in case... Well, that's he true. He's, it's either going to no, tie no or we're going to have... Then it's a tie. Oh, yeah. I see. <laughs> I didn't realize. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. <laughs> That's going to do it for this episode of Motion Picture Pals. Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, you can leave us a review on iTunes or any other review website if you want. And if you like the show, please tell your friends. Uh, you can check out our website at motionpicturepals.com. There you'll find links to our Twitter, our Discord, uh, and our Substack, where you can subscribe to newsletters. And we hope you will join us in two weeks where we are going to be watching The Sound of Metal. Uh, once again, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you in two weeks. Goodbye.